Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. There's coming a day when that trumpet's going to sound, I'm saved. That's the anchor that keeps me sane. If it were not for that, think about this, don't think too much about this, but were it not for that, I would lose my mind. What hope would we have were it not for the blessed hope of our salvation and redemption in Jesus Christ? That's what I have to look forward to. That's my future. That's Jeremiah 29, 11, isn't it? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. In today's message from Pastor J.D., he reminds us that God's plans for us is to have a future and a hope And both of these are found through His Son, Jesus Christ. The salvation and redemption found through Jesus is our anchor in this shaky world. Jesus is our blessed hope. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 6 with part 2 of his message, How God's Armor Works. If I'm living unrighteously and the enemy gets me to give way to unrighteousness, then now all of a sudden my prayer life is hindered and impeded. And that's how he takes me down. Because he knows that prayer is the deciding factor. By the way, Lord willing, next week we're going to talk not just about how the armor works, but how to put the armor on. You know how to put the armor on? Spoiler alert. (laughs) Prayer. Prayer. That's how you put it on. I've heard of people who, and I've tried this actually, not to complicate prayer, but they actually pray through and put on the armor of God every day before they face the day. I think that's wisdom. I think that's wisdom. But again, I want to re-emphasize that this is not a self-righteousness. That would be as filthy minstrel rags. By the way, that's the meaning of that in the original in Isaiah. It's a righteousness that comes when a Christian lives rightly and walks in purity. Purity is powerful. And you bring to warfare, and it is a war. It's not a playground. It is a battleground. You bring the power of righteous and holy living to the battlefield. That's again why it is that Satan always targets the heart. That's the reason. Now let's talk briefly about the sandals of the gospel. Interesting for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that what the Romans wore were studded with sharp nails. uh, Think about cleats, only, (laughs) you know. Uh, Interesting, I was um, doing some research on, it's not a word we use very often, but shod, shodding, having your feet shod. You could use it in a sentence this way, the car was shod with tires. Oh, that kind of fills in some of the blanks. It carries with it the idea of ensuring that the soldier 
was steadied and readied with a firm footing on rough terrain. And again, is that not what the gospel provides us? That firm footing that steadies us and readies us to cover rough terrain when in the heat of the battle? That's the gospel the shoes of the gospel, the preparation of the gospel of peace. And it's that which we need for success in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. One commentator wrote, this is really interesting, the military successes both of Alexander the Great and of Julius Caesar were due in large measure to their armies being well shod and thus able to undertake long marches at incredible speed over rough terrain. So picture these sandals, your feet shod with these sharp cleats on the bottom of them. And they're strapped. They don't don't only provide you with protection, but a firm footing. Why? So you don't fall? That's the gospel. (laughs) It provides you with that steadiness and that readiness. Let's talk about the shield of faith. Interesting detail with this one. Notice Paul says to take up or as some of your translations render it, above all, taking the shield of faith, and to do so in order to quench, to extinguish those flaming arrows, or some translations say fiery darts. Now what's up with this detail of above all? Does that mean that this part of the armor is more important above all than all the other parts? No. Stay with me on this, and this is why I didn't use graphics. I want you to use your God-given imagination, and God has given you a powerful imagination. I want you to picture this in your mind's eye, okay? You have this shield, and you're in formation, and here comes those fiery arrows, those fiery darts from the enemy, and the enemy is firing them. I can't get too far away from the mic. (laughs) The enemy is firing them, and it's coming up in the air down on top of above all of the formation. So here's what they would do. They would take their shield in formation. They would put it up above all of them and sort of lock tongue and groove, as one commentator suggested, with the other shields also taken up above all of them. And the ones in front of the formation would take that shield and put it out, lock tongue and groove. Guess what? You've got an impenetrable fortress. So here comes that arrow. Not only will it not penetrate, but it's extinguished. Because this this shield, some believe, was wood and metal, and it was dipped in water so that when that fiery arrow came, it was extinguished. Do you see the picture here? This is why it is, and we actually talked about this when we were in Psalms on Thursday night. This is actually one of the most successful strategies of the enemy. We're told that he's a a roaring lion seeking, stalking, if you prefer, who he can devour and destroy. And there's one thing about lions, they stalk their prey, and they're waiting for that 
optimum time to attack. So what they wait for is for someone to break from the tribe or the camp. And if that someone is out there by themselves, they are a dead duck with a capital D (laughs) and a capital duck too, because you're out there and you can put that shield wherever you want, but you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable. So this is why it is that Satan tries to get Christians disenfranchised, disconnected from other Christians. This is why it is that one of the most successful tactics of the enemy is to get Christians to stop attending church and assembling themselves together with the body of Christ which is in Hebrews, which again we talked about. I think we talked about this last week as well in our Ephesians study. Let's get to the helmet of salvation. This is the other one that I want to spend some time on. And I I think you'll see why here in a moment. Again, I don't want to overstate the importance of the helmet of salvation, but neither do I want to understate its importance, which I see as the bigger problem. I'll explain why I say that. Little attention is given to the Christian's mental health, the mind. We're to love the Lord our God with all of our body, soul, strength, and mind. Mind. This little attention given to the mind has lent itself to a wholesale ignorance within Christendom. Reminds me of what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. Don't be ignorant of Satan's strategies, his schemes, his devices. And this is one where he gets many a Christian. He attacks the mind. And this is where he gets us. Forget everything else. The battleground is in the mind. And... The reason is because the mind is the one area that Satan knows he can get to us so as to destroy us. Think of it this way. We're created in the image of God. Body, soul, mind. Interesting. Triune in nature. That's what that means. It's the mind. Now, Satan cannot read our minds but he has access to our minds. What do you mean? Oh, he can put thoughts in our mind. And he does so under the radar, undetected, so that we don't even know that he's the one planting that seed in the soil of my mind. And unaware, what we do is we begin to entertain it. Doubt, fear, anxiety, Panic. You can fill in the blanks. The list is actually quite long, I would suggest. I have a book in my library. It's a classic, and it's a great read, a great reference. It's by Warren Wiersbe, of whom I'm a big fan of, by the way. It's titled, The Strategy of Satan. Let me just quote from this book what he says in this regard. He says, Satan attacks your mind because it is the part of the image of God where God communicates with you and reveals his will to you. It is unfortunate 
that some Christians have minimized the significance of the mind because the Bible emphasizes its importance. If Satan can get you to believe a lie, then he can begin to work in your life to lead you into sin. This is why he attacks the mind. And this is why we must protect our minds from the attacks of the wicked one. And then he says this, listen very carefully. Your thinking affects your feeling and your willing. And then he references Proverbs 23, 7, which we talked about last week, which basically says, as a man thinketh in his heart, interesting, thinketh in his heart, so is he. We become what we think. So here's Satan, here's how it works. He'll plant this seed of fear, a spirit of fear, and then all of a sudden now, we start feeling full of fear. And then what happened? You can just write the next chapter in that book. But he's not giving us a spirit of fear, we're told. That's the truth. And we need to protect our minds. I'll even say, Romans 12, renew our minds. Not brainwashing. How about this? Washing the brain with the water of God's word. But notice, the helmet is likened to salvation. Why do you think that is? Is it not true that one of the things that Satan does the most and is even very successful at doing is to get a Christian to doubt their salvation? Puts that thought in the mind. That's the attack. We start having doubts and we worry and we fear and we become full of fear and full of anxiety All because we didn't take every thought that he put there captive to the obedience of God's word. God's word of truth. We talked about this, but let me just reiterate this. Very important. So here comes a thought. Wait, stop. Stop. Oh, I'm starting to feel a little afraid. And usually the thought starts off like this. What if? I hate those two words (laughs) when they start off a sentence because you can fill in the blank, right? What if, and I mean, and is it not true that our minds have the ability to manufacture the most horrific of scenarios? Left unchecked, we can go down this road as far as the enemy can take us to where (laughs) when we reach its final destination, I mean, it's just unthinkable unimaginable. What if? The other one starts off like this. What about? What about? And (laughs) I'll just be candid and personal. Hope doesn't make you feel uncomfortable, but Satan gets to me this way more than any other way. I've, I've been very transparent about how this is an area in my life, and the enemy knows it. I don't know if it's because of the way I was brought up or the way my limbic system is and the way my brain is wired, but I am very prone to fear and worry and anxiety, especially when it comes to my children. And Satan knows that. So he starts putting thoughts in my mind like this. What if they text and drive? (laughs) 
What if they're killed in a car accident? You've already had one child die. What if you lose another child? I tell you, he knows he can get me. That is the one area in my, it's not my marriage. I have a, I'm so blessed. I have a very blessed marriage. And it's not in that area. He doesn't get me that way. And he he knows he can't because my wife and I are one. And our marriage is strong. So he can't get me like that. But he can get me through my children. And that's how he really tries to take me down. And he puts those thoughts in my mind. My daughter's 11. What if, starts off that way, the Lord doesn't come back before she gets married. I'm going to leave that one right there. Every time as God is my witness, I do a wedding, and I do a lot of weddings as a pastor. And that father walks that bride down that aisle, and I say to him, who gives this bride to be wed this day? I start crying like a baby. You know, it's bad when the pastor needs a Kleenex more than the bride does. I'm looking at that father going, that's going to be me. Okay, I feel better now. I just needed to get that off my chest. But that's how he starts to attack my mind. He starts putting all kinds of thoughts, fearful thoughts, what if thoughts, what about thoughts. And it affects how I feel, because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. There's one more part to this, and then we need to move on. And I want to draw your attention to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 8. The Apostle Paul, talking in the context of the rapture says something very interesting and actually echoes what he wrote to the church in Ephesus. He says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, breastplate of righteousness. And then he says this, listen, the hope of salvation as a helmet. Wait, what? Yeah, the hope of salvation as a helmet. Here's why I point this out. This is the blessed hope. This is the blessed hope. I've said this many times. I hope you don't tire of me saying this. I hope this you don't think of me less when I, when I say this, because it's not hyperbole when I say this. But were it not for the hope that I have that one day that trumpet is going to sound, And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we who are alive and remain will be caught up, raptured up to meet the Lord and be with the Lord forever. Were it not for that hope, and again, this is not hyperbole. I hope you don't think less of me when I say this. I would literally lose my mind. I would go out of my mind. Especially as I see the evil of this world and how it is waxing more and more evil seemingly by the day. It is getting more and more difficult for me to watch some news feeds and broadcasts. I have to turn it off. I can't go there. Again, it might be the, there is research to this. Some of you are looking at me going, did you just say that you would go insane? I I guess I kind of did. And again, it's not hyperbole. But that blessed hope keeps me sane. It keeps my mind. I think about what Isaiah said. He will keep him in perfect peace. That state of mind whose mind is stayed on thee. I have to keep my mind stayed on him. I have to keep my hope in him. 
that there's coming a day when that trumpet's going to sound. I'm saved. That's the anchor that keeps me sane. If it were not for that, think about this. Don't think too much about this, but were it not for that, I would lose my mind. What hope would we have were it not for the blessed hope of our salvation and redemption in Jesus Christ? That's what I have to look forward to. That's my future. That's Jeremiah 29, 11, isn't it? For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, not to harm you, but to give you a future and hope. Hope. It's been said that man can only live so long without food, not much longer without water, but man can't live even seconds without hope. It's the blessed hope of our salvation that protects our minds. The last one, certainly not the least, (laughs) the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's important to know that this was not a long sword that you see oftentimes depicted. It was a dagger. It was a short, small dagger that the Romans would use for hand-to-hand combat in battle. Now, why is that important? Because this is, again, as the only offensive weapon, what we use in hand-to-hand combat, if you will, with the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, on hand, in hand, to wage battle. And again, we have the perfect example of this in the Savior when he was tempted and attacked by the devil. What did he do? He took the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and he used it. Hand-to-hand combat. He quoted from Deuteronomy. Very interesting. That's a study unto itself. And that's when he defeated the devil and the devil fled. And he did it in his humanity, not his divinity, so that we would have an example in our humanity to also resist the devil in our hand-to-hand combat with the devil and succeed and be victorious. Again, we talked about this last week and I'll close with this. We don't have to defeat the devil. Listen, we do not have to defeat the devil. He's already a defeated foe. We just have to walk in the victory that is already ours. And the Apostle Paul has given us practical application by way of this comparison to the armor in which to do that. We too can walk in victory taking on the full armor of God. Everything has to be in place. And it protects us defensively. And then we have the deciding factor with the offensive weapon the Word of God. Thanks for being part of our time here today on In Spirit and Truth. We hope you've learned something new from the book of Ephesians and that it's given a new perspective to you on your relationship with Jesus. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week, so be sure to visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com today. Follow the link to our Facebook page where you can join the conversation and fill your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 1045 a.m. or come by on Thursday at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website 
in spiritandtruthradio.com, as well as more information about who we are as a body of believers. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Now, we also want to let you know that you can still hear Pastor J.D.'s teachings through our online resources at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Simply click listen on the top of the page to find these messages by Pastor J.D. in various books of the Bible. Along with that, we invite you to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. This weekly update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. Join Pastor J.D. each Friday and Saturday for the Mideast Prophecy Update on our YouTube channel or download our mobile app to have these updates right at your fingertips. Find it all at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Pastor J.D. will have much more to share next time on In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true.